podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hi, everyone. JD here. Now, what's the best thing to come out of Belgium? Christian Benteke, obviously. Mitchie Batshuayi? Hmm, we might need to reevaluate that. Anyway, the answer I was looking for is Belgian beer. And our friends at Beer52 are offering FYP listeners the chance to have a free case of eight Belgian beers, just having to cover the £5.95 for postage. We can't go anywhere in the world right now, so why not bring Belgium to you with this great offer? All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash FYP, cover the 5 95 for postage and Beer52 will deliver eight free beers straight to your door. And then, unlike a cellist, you'll be able to drink beer inside of the pitch during the next game. Sort of. Beer52 is a monthly beer club where they collect the best beer from around the world and deliver it to your door with monthly themes. This month is Belgium, where you can discover incredible beers like Steenberg 6.5% Blonde, Brewerge Lecker's Belgian IPA and Avans Double. I, I assume that those are beers and not Belgian players that Palace have been linked with recently. And like the option to watch Palace with crowd noise or Ray Lewington noise, the choice is yours. If you don't like the dark beer, choose the light option. It's that easy. Each case also comes with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment, as well as a tasty snack to enjoy with your beer. And like Steve Koppel when he went to Man City in 1996, you can change your mind and cancel at any time. There's no minimum commitment, and you can just take the free case, try the beers, and see what you think. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash FYP to claim your free case of eight craft beers now. That's the word beer and 52.com forward slash FYP. Right, on the podcast. Hello and welcome to Pardew's Hot Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. We've had no Palace to talk about for the last couple of weeks, so we thought it would be the perfect opportunity to bring you some nostalgia uh, as we try and fill the Palace void. I'm here with Jesse Boyce. Hello. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Not too bad. And we're also joined by a man who's got more nuggets than McDonald's, and they're a lot healthier for you. It's Richard Foster. How <laughs> yes, you doing? indeed. My my vegan nuggets are on display. <laughs> actually, actually, now you've said that, that sounds really dodgy. Um, yeah. But yes, welcome. How are you, Richard? How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Yeah, actually quite enjoyed a couple of weeks off Palace. Just, you know, you can breathe, you can relax. You don't get up thinking, oh no, there's a game tomorrow. So yeah, I, I quite like a little break now and again. Well, that's yeah, good. I've also, I've, yeah, I've also enjoyed having some time off and the, I'm quite a fan of the let's fit three international matches into a, into a break. I think that might that might stick. That might stay because it just what, makes what, sense while they're all together. Oh, okay. What to try and get rid of future internationals or just to give you something to watch? 
Well, no, I think it's more from Gareth Southgate's point of view. I bet he's loving the fact he's got three matches bundled together so he can actually work out, take some learnings from the week because they don't get together yeah. that often. So I can see that staying. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I've been so tuned out to international football that quite often I'll put on TV in the evening and <laughs> England will be playing. I'll be like, oh my God, England, what? England are playing? I didn't, okay, cool, I didn't realise that. Um, so I'm very much not tuned in. Um, Richard, I saw a, um, talking of sort of enjoying your break from Palace, I saw a stat, I think it's from The Athletic, I know they don't sponsor this episode, but a shout out to The Athletic, that Palace are second bottom for fans that in, are enjoy. was it fans that, do they think their team plays entertaining football? Yeah. 40% think, say yes, yeah. which is second bottom. I'm guessing you're probably not in that 40% then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do I enjoy watching us play at the moment? Uh, it's, it's difficult to um, enjoy the style of football, but I'm, I think you still have to be practical. You still have to say, look, this would be a really bad year to get relegated because the gap between Premier League and Championship, I think, is just going to grow wider this year because of the various circumstances. Um, so just, you know, I know we say it every year, let's avoid getting relegated. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can only think of two or three games where I've actually enjoyed us watching us. But, again, we've had to watch them all on telly rather than being there. So that, again, is another factor. Yeah, it's not quite the same. And uh, we're going to come on this week to, uh, I haven't even said what our theme is. Our theme is Palace Superstitions. Mm-hmm. What do people do superstition-wise and ritual-wise on match days? We've got quite a few people talking about watching from home at the moment because it has obviously changed things, Jesse, hasn't it, in terms of uh, the Palace experience. Um, wh- what have you actually done in the last two weeks then, Jesse, that to sort of, apart from watching internationals, have you done anything else, taking this opportunity to do any projects or anything, or have you just enjoyed not watching Palace frustrate us? Well, it has been an interesting year of being a football fan because we've all been reduced to watching matches like Man U fans uh, <laughs> from the comfort of our comfort of our living rooms, um, uh, getting angry at screens from afar. Um, what have I been doing? Well, it's just good to see the weather turn, isn't it? A little bit. That's been that's been a nice development. Tonight, actually open the front door and feel that it's warmer outside than in. That, <laughs> yeah. is, that is brilliant. Forgot what that felt like. Um, just taking a bit of a break from football. I haven't really watched the England matches. I caught up, caught up with them just as kind of highlights. Um, but yeah, just getting ready for summer gym, whatever that is. I've forgotten what, what summer or a normal year is like. So um, dusting off my shorts and, and flip-flops. Oh, yeah, I need to get my shorts and flip-flops. Well, the, the summer, in theory, is going to be filled with more football, mate, because uh, the Euro 2020 slash 2021 mm. is, in theory, happening. So uh, way more internationals to uh, to fill our boots with. Um, Richard, I believe, actually, international football is a theme of your blog this week on Football Mine, isn't it? Yeah, so it was, it was sort of inspired by when... Um, a few people said, why are England playing San Marino? Surely this is pointless. Um, and those are the same people who say, oh, isn't it fantastic that Marine are playing Tottenham in the FA Cup? That's brilliant. Well, you can't have it one way and then say the other, you can't do it. So I, I think, you know, my view is that most sports fans like championing the underdog. We like, you know, we all remember Hereford beating Newcastle and Wimbledon beating Liverpool in the FA Cup final. <laughs> that's 
part of watching sport is actually seeing something that isn't predictable and it's quite good fun. Now, okay, so San Marino are not going to beat many people, but, you know, five years ago, Luxembourg would have had no chance of beating anybody. So they end up beating Ireland. You know, Iceland, if you'd have said 15 years ago, Iceland are going to be a major nation, you'd be laughed at. And lo and behold, in the 2016 Euros, guess what happened? Iceland beat, you know, a team with a population 155 times their size, and it happened to be us. So, you know, let's not... Typical England. Let's not decry the fact that I think, you know, nations like San Marino and Luxembourg, okay, so they're small fry, but just give them, you know, I think it's fair enough to give them a chance. And if you're going to deny them the chance, well, then... The, the FA Cup means nothing. So get rid of all the little clubs and let's start with, you know, League Two upwards. So I think there was just a bit of hypocrisy going on there. So uh, that's what I'm aiming at in my blog this week. Good stuff. So that's at thefootballmind.com. Check yep. it out. Um, yeah, Jesse, I think we all support the... Un- I mean, being Palace fans, you sort of... You, you are an underdog supporter anyway. But um, I think we all want to see the little guys do well against the big guys. What what international team would would Palace be then in this mm. scenario? What? Who, we're not a Luxembourg. We're not that. No, uh, no, no, we? no. But what do you reckon, Jesse? Who would be? Who would? Who would Palace be? Maybe Iceland. Well, I think, yeah, maybe in modern times. But I think Richard's onto a good point there because what's the alternative if if you're San Marino, Marinos, and your Luxembourgs and all those unfashionable uh, Eastern European countries in football terms? are forced to play each other to see who comes out of that pile to go into the Euros. You end up with the same situation in the tournaments. It's it's why these teams in the tournaments that shouldn't have made it otherwise. So it's lose-lose if you, if you adopt that thinking that these smaller teams don't deserve their day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's, you can't really have it both ways. I agree with what Richard's saying. Um, so who were Palace on international terms? Well, We'd be North Macedonia this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that was a fantastic result. Great to see that. I, I, I guess historically, you yeah, I think Iceland in recent times maybe. Um, and also, because their fans are quite good, aren't they? They you know they had the Iceland clap, so they they created a bit of atmosphere, and they you know they tweaked the nose of a, a superior uh, so-called. Uh, yeah. Side. So I think, yeah, Iceland's a good shout. I wonder I think, if. Uh, I think Iceland or a number of those kind of Northern European countries, like your Denmark, you know, they pop, popped up mm. with a. Not that we've ever won anything, but yeah. who expected them to win the Euros when they did? What was it, 92? 92, yeah. 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 So I feel like a Northern, like a Sweden or a Denmark, just can. can Sweden always giving them a game, or Poland, that they always. They always Eek draws out of the bigger teams when you wouldn't expect them to. So I feel like a Northern European country. Yeah, we've had Palace had we were constant links to Scandinavia we, with players down the years. I, I'm wondering if maybe we're a bit of an island or a bit of a sort of nineties island. Because we had I think behind Wales, we've had the most Irish internationals at the club, I think, yeah. in terms of people that have played for their country. Uh lots of Irish players from that era. You know, Ray Houghton obviously played for us in that era. And there's something about Ireland being I mean, I'm half Irish, so I sort of lean that way when it comes to supporting international football. But being sort of the pesky younger brother, which I kind of think Palace are really in terms of sort of London clubs, constantly mm. sort of like punching upwards. Uh, 
Although currently Ireland are absolutely terrible, so maybe that analogy doesn't work currently. But yeah, although, uh, did you see the Jack Charlton documentary? Oh, I, I watched it yesterday, actually, or day before well, yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's so good. Yeah, it's a great documentary. But um, yeah. you know that you know, the fact that they never qualified, and then suddenly they went to three in a trot, and they beat Italy, and they beat you know X, Y, and Z. But he was playing football that was that was like Steve Coppel nineties football. Oh, it was yeah, very yeah, direct, basic, wasn't it? And yeah, people yeah. were criticising it, calling it out. But yeah, it was incredibly successful, much like Palace were in the early nineties. I think there's there's parallels yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I've, I've been I've been meaning to watch it um, ever since I heard. Andy Townsend on a, the Quickly Kevin podcast. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you heard that, but he gave a great interview just from behind the scenes, his exploits in the Ireland team, and just the kind of general bants he used to have with Jack. He used to, yeah. I remember him saying that he used, they used to rile Jack by sort of saying he was the unfashionable brother of Bobby Charlton. Oh, Bobby Charlton had more money than him, and that's why he was still having to work. <laughs> <laughs> so that it was just great to hear the rapport that he had with his players, but knew where to draw the line. And so yeah, I'll be I'll be looking forward to watching that. Yeah, it's uh it's called Finding Jack Charlton. It's on iPlayer at the moment. It is well worth the watch. He comes across so well in it. Um and yeah he really was a sort of man manager sort of players manager. And it just, yeah. Some of the stories they had makes me wish I was about 10 years older that I could have actually been around at the time and experienced it, but never mind. much like early palace as well in the nineties. I missed all that, but never mind. Anyway, look on the theme of nostalgia, we are here to talk about palace nostalgia. Um, so after the break, we're going to delve into ours and yours from the listeners, palace superstitions. Shut up, baby. Let me see where you're coming from. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Pardew's Hot Pants, the Palace spin-off nostalgia series from the five-year plan podcast. Uh, sponsored this week by Beer52. If you go to beer52.com forward slash FYP, you can get a free case of eight Belgian beers. Just got to pay $5.95 for the postage. And now the sun's coming out. I mean, that's perfect timing for that. Sit in the garden, listen to FYP with a few cases of Belgian beers. What more could you want? Um, right, lads, are you ready for some Palace superstitions from our listeners? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Here we go. So I put on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram um, various messages calling out to people to email us and comment with their superstitions. What I put out there was a picture I found from Palace Pants. I don't know if you guys saw this from the official Palace store. Because I thought Lucky Pants is an obvious sort of superstition. Put it out there um, to encourage people to comment. We had one comment from my name, Jack East, 1890, who says, I was given these, the pants, for Christmas. I'm guessing this Christmas. Fed say they've been hidden and never seen since. I just wonder, have you guys got lucky pants, lucky palace pants? Is that something you guys do? Uh, no, I've got to say, I don't have a pair of those. Um, 
in terms of clothing, what I do have, I, I mean, I've got so many superstitions. You could have a whole program about my superstitions. But one of the mine is I'm not allowed to touch any palace merchandise, shirt, mug, anything on the day of the match. So there's no chance of me wearing a palace shirt because I'm not allowed to touch them. It just, for some reason, I don't know where it's come from, but I just feel it's going to be bad luck if I actually have anything to do with palace on me. So, you know, rather than the person who turns up with scarves and badges and hats, I I have absolutely no affiliation with palace i don't know what it is it's probably deeply psychological and i maybe need to go and have some therapy but but that's one of my things i cannot touch anything palace on the day of the match wow i I mean i'd be very interested if after the end of this episode you realize that you need to have therapy i mean that'd be quite a big breakthrough i think uh, yeah i mean if we could throw it out i don't know if we've got any psychotherapists uh, out there you never know but it would be very helpful please help me um, all right well i've got look, i've got some messages from our listeners about clothing so i'll, I'll read oh, them good. in a minute but uh okay. jesse lucky pants or, or any lucky lucky clothing and also what are your thoughts on richard then not because most of the people that have messaged are about things they do wear that's mm. great that's interesting to go the other way isn't it i mean this is possibly the most self-reflective i've ever done on record so uh <laughs> i think we will need <laughs> this, i think we might need some sort of shakedown after this <laughs> um that is interesting richard i hadn't thought about that but you know i do have something that probably plugs into that as a line of thinking so i was thinking do i've got several palace shirts as we all do from over the years and i've still got some i think we've mentioned this before that i swear that i still have but i know that i've lost them but i just pretend they're in, a, in the loft mm-hmm. so I've, i can deal with it um I've all my palace shirts have been lucky shirts until they're not anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I've bought, for instance, the one that I wore on our kit podcast, the shiny sky blue, the eighties away one with the sash. Yeah. I bought that and wore that to the 2016 cup final and I've never worn it since to a game because I sort of swore that it was going to bring me luck. We lost the cup final. I just can't wear it again. Yeah. So I feel like we probably, a lot of us are in that kind of, hole where had that shirt had that shirt bought you luck before then no it was a new it was a new retro purchase for for that right so instantly becomes (laughs) my it goes from favorite to chastised (laughs) in one day uh but because it's in a kind of 80s throwback it lives on in the wardrobe and i'll probably wear it you know around the house kind of thing so yeah maybe that's what's happened to richard he's gone through these uh these items and they're they're lucky till they're not lucky yeah Mm, I think that is probably the way. Yeah, what because what happens if you have a lucky shirt, Richard, and then it it becomes unlucky one day? Do you persist with it, or do you think no? Like Jesse, you're like it's just got to go. It's got to go, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, I I blame myself quite often for many of our defeats. So you know, it, it's quite nice to shift the blame to an item of clothing um and and get it off my back you know it's getting a monkey off your back so it's definitely yeah, that literally shirt or that scarf um so yeah i it's just it's come to this level now where i literally cannot touch anything or have any uh association with anything that is palace i mean 
maybe <laughs> someone might suggest maybe you should just stop supporting them because you've obviously lost your mind. But um, we'll, we'll, I think we'll just persist for the moment. Thank it does you. sound like subconsciously you are trying to move yourself further and further away from Crystal Palace with every week. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But what happens then if someone makes you... Like your lovely wife, for example, makes you a cup of tea and it's in the palace mug. You have to then. Well, she would never do that. She she knows that's a real no no. I mean, we're going to get on to family yeah. superstitions as well. But what if um, you go to get a mug out of the cupboard and you're not looking and you accidentally bring out the palace mug and then you've well that that has happened, Jim, and we've lost every time. <laughs> really? So uh, you know, it, it sort of backs me up there. That is absolutely solid. Uh, uh, fact behind this that there's no way I can touch it, and and I know. You know, occasionally you might be rifling through, you know, your chest of drawers and I touch a palace shirt on the day. Of the, I know we're going to lose. So I just go, well, we've done that now. It's just, we're buggered. Wow. If you yeah. could let me know beforehand and I can put money on the opposition, that'd be great. We can actually, uh, we can yeah, yeah. It could be quite good, yeah. Shall I read out a few suggestions from people around clothing and mugs, actually? I've got a couple here. John Dodds, good old Doddsy, um, has said, palace mug has to be used for first hot drink. On a match day. So, mm-hmm. uh, reverse of Richard, I would say that's quite standard, I think, for most most people. That's good. First one of the day. Nigel Pitcher has said, I drink my coffee and tea from Palace mugs and beer from Palace glasses. Lucky pants and current lucky shirt. Wow. Which I don't know if that means current, current shirt or a lucky shirt he's still wearing that's been a shirt for a while. Uh, and at the moment, I don't watch the game live either. Somebody lock me up. Well, we'll come on to watching games in a bit, I guess, because that's yeah. that's interesting. Uh, actually, that's a bit that's a bit more like you, actually, Richard. There, sort of going towards the because that's your yeah. next step, really, isn't it? Not watching the game. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah, no, I've got a various issues when I'm, you know, if if the games are being played and I can't watch them, we'll come on to it. But it, there's a bit of a thing about radio, listening on the radio as well, which, which as I say, we'll, we'll keep for later. Otherwise, I, I, you know, we might be going down a bit of a rabbit hole there. <laughs> no, well, hey, this, is, this is exactly what this podcast is for. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse, you've got palace, palace mugs. The palace mugs feature in your superstitions or rituals? I do have a few palace mugs. I've actually got one that I was bought as a birthday present for my stepmother. I'm probably... 13 14 years ago wow and it's survived not only is it amazing that it survived that long without breakages it still kind of looks pretty decent too despite being tested by many dishwashers <laughs> so that, that still comes out quite often um and then obviously through everything we've seen with matthew wood and the terrace it's building a good mug collection so um might have to think of some new superstitions involving the new mugs <laughs> yeah, they're, they're nice. Actually, I drink out of those two mugs uh, quite a lot. Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't say mugs feature in my superstitions. I'm not. I'm not a massively superstitious person anyway. But um, my uh, my favourite mugs are those two palace mugs that you just mentioned. But I don't. Uh, if I touch them on match day, or if I don't drink out of them, I'm not. It's not affecting the result for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> or maybe it is. Maybe it is, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's move on to clothing. So Magic Three CPFC. Has said, hi, chaps. I mentioned before on the pod, but I wear the same palace kit, T-shirt underneath, whilst we're unbeaten, and then change once this is broken. So I'd imagine same, that's sort of, same as you guys said, that's sort of come up before. My other one is, if, is we must play second half facing the Homesdale. Love the Pardews Hot Pants pods. Yeah, facing the Homesdale, is def- that, that's more of a palace one, 
that Palace have done that for years, haven't they, Richard? They've always faced Whitehorse. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can think of I can I can think of a couple of games where it actually. I think it must be the opposition must decide that they want to switch it around. So they win the toss and say, well, actually, we'll play that way. Because I can just, you know, in all the time, or, you know, in the last 10 years, I can remember only, I think, twice where we've attacked the Homestale in the first half. Uh, I wish I could remember the results because I, I sort of agree with that. It's just, na- it seems natural. It seems the way we do it. And when it doesn't happen, it's quite odd. Um, so, didn't we have uh, one recently? I think we had one. Recently. I think we have in the last, possibly even the last. Uh, who did we beat recently? Was it West Brom? Yeah, possibly even the West Brom game. But it, but it's one of those things. But it, 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 it feels yeah, we weird. did because the first half was it in the first. Lucas scored the penalty in the first half, yeah, and we were attacking the home step. There you go. Uh, it's never happened. Oh, it happened last time we played. Um, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, the, the, that's we've myth busted. We can throw that superstition out the window. Brilliant. Okay, bring it on. I knew there was a reason for this season. Um, but magic's right. It is weird when it happens. It does feel. It feels discombobulating. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think that will be part of the um, fabric of uh, Selhurst Park. We'll be back uh, attacking the Homesdale in the second half. So yeah, as you say, we've broken the hoodoo. Move on. <laughs> Lovely. We've we've busted a myth. Yeah. Fifteen minutes into the podcast, this is amazing. I genuinely enjoy a game a game less when we're not kicking towards the Homesdale second half. If we, yeah. it's a down. It's a downer for me. If we are start the game kicking towards the homestead first half, I automatically assume I'm not going to enjoy the second half as much because <laughs> I feel like the build, the tempo from minute zero to minute 90 is ruined. It's not going to have the climb that I'm used to. So that genuinely is a bit of a downer for me. Um, is, that because, I think, is that because you're sat in... No, you're not anymore. You used to be in the homestead, so well, they'd be further away second it's half. Then, but... It stems from that. I, I guess I've just got flashbacks to when when it happens. Um, I remember those games. Where I've been at the Homestead end, and maybe I've arrived late. And to my horror, I've seen maybe I'm punished for arriving late. If we are shooting towards the Homestead in the first half, and it just destroys destroys. It's a bit like a movie spoiler. You know, if you know what's going to happen before you watch the film, then it kind of takes takes the surprise out of it. This is, this is um, under the assumption I, that this is under the assumption that we score more goals in the second half shooting towards the homestead, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it would, it would be the it would be the Yuri Geller, you know, the fans <laughs> sucking the ball into the yeah. net kind of school of thinking, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but maybe this is a, this is a, you're making me think now. This is a bit of a side effect of having to watch games remotely for a season. I genuinely have not picked up on which way we're shooting before games uh, when the game starts. Mm. It's not really entered my thinking because I'm not there to witness it. So that it just that's very symptomatic of the way we've had to spectate this year. And um, I'm looking forward to getting those match day nuggets back into my uh, match day experience because it's just one of those things lost on me a little bit. I'm ashamed to say. No, I, um, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people will feel the same way. Um, because I, I also feel the same way about shooting towards home down second half. It feels weird if we're not doing it, but that's because my first few years as a season ticket holder were in the Homesdale and Block B. And then I moved around and I was back in the Homesdale um, for a while with Andy and Rob. I'm now in the main stand, but it feels weird. Do you think people that have had their season tickets maybe in the Arthur or the main stand on the halfway line 
feel differently about this. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's only if you are a Homesdale, traditionally Homesdale person, that that matters. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it does affect you based on where you're used to seeing things, where you're used to seeing things from. But I just wonder if other clubs have this as much as we do, because probably not many clubs have a huge difference as we do between one end of the pitch to the other. The White Horse is what probably about a fifth of the capacity of the Homestead. So yeah. it's, it's a marked difference for the, I, I, I also think it's quite odd. We must win the coin toss above average because it's quite uncanny how often we do get used to seeing a shoot at the second half of the Homestead. Either we win the coin toss a disproportionate amount or the away teams haven't cottoned on to the facts. We probably do do better. Or at least we see this is like why it was, you see, I'm thinking the West <laughs> Brom game, the West Brom game, because Sam Allardyce was the manager, maybe he thought, ah, I've got them. I've got them. I'm going to swip them round and therefore we're going to beat them. That's about his only tactic because West Brom were pretty awful. But there we go. Or do you think it's because away fans, because the away fans down the far end of the Arthur, that they want to shoot towards their fans in the second half? Vaguely, yeah. I mean, if we're thinking about the clubs, thinking of other clubs, you know, Liverpool always attack the cop in the second half. Um, Man United is Stretford end, I think. I don't know, actually. But I think definitely Liverpool is we definitely need some data to look at this, don't we? Stats. I, I, I haven't got much on this afternoon, so I'll be on to that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, well, Richard. Well, an update on the next especially, episode. Especially, <laughs> I mean, I'd say, especially in the last 15 years, I'd be excited to know. Yeah. So, okay. Sort of the, the build-up to promotion and since. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see. Hey! Good man! Can I move on to then? I've got one here that's about, um, it's more like a ritual, I think, Jesse, which I know is sort of your area. Um, it's about pub rituals. So are you guys ready for this? It's quite a long, it's quite a long message. I'm gonna, it's an email I got. I'm going to read it out. It's from Mikko Salminen. Uh, it's one of our Scandinavian uh, listeners. And he says, right. Hi, guys. Thanks for the podcast. I really love them. Thank you, Mikko. As I'm based in Finland, I'm not able to attend matches every week, but I have some routines. One of them is a little bit controversial. I drink my pre-match beers in the cherry tree, uh, which is by um, Thornton East Station. Mm. I have done it since the 4-1 win over Stoke in September 2016. <laughs> oh, wow, five years ago. After that day, I've seen Palace play at Selhurst 11 times, nine wins and two draws including wow. wins over Arsenal and Brighton. He starred out half of Brighton as well, which is excellent. And in the last minute draw against West Ham, the only issue is that all my local Palace friends are drinking before matches in the Porsons. That you can see where this is going, guys. Well, I have to confess that I once went to the Porsons for a pre-match drink, but it was the last match of the 2017-18 season. We were already safe. Another time I neglected my routine was the Arsenal draw in 2019, January 2019. In that morning, I participated in the walk and talk from Waterloo to Selhurst. I'm still wondering if we would have won if I'd gone my regular routine. However, I've had some negotiations with myself. If I could change my routine, because I love the Porsons Arms and the people over there, what do you guys think? Has the pandemic reset all the superstitious routines? Or should I go to the Porsons and see my friends only after matches? 
All the best to you guys, Miko. Jesse, what do you reckon? See, I'll be controversial. I think both pubs have a lot of work to do on their their range of, their range of ales. They both oh they both mind. got their range Ooh. of ales leave a lot to be desired. I mean, as in, there's usually one to choose from. Yeah. London Pride, from memory, London Pride and the Cherries and Doom Bar and the Porsons. Mm, I mean, right. I, we expect better. I'll be honest. I think just just drink Guinness, Jesse. Come on, it's not it's not a match day drink for me. Oh, not. really? Yeah. No. I've I've heard the I've heard from uh sources, and that source might be <laughs> Kevin Day, um, that the Porsons has had a slight renovation during lockdown. I'd imagine many parts oh, have done actually. Yeah. So um so there might be more. I don't know. I have no idea if, if there's a wider ale selection, but <laughs> <laughs> you will find me in the goat house, the Shelvardine goat house, X X Weatherspoons. Yeah. You've not been there yet, Richard. No, where's that? It used to be the Weatherspoons at Lloyd Junction. Yeah, oh, sort really? of opposite the station at the end. Of, we went there after my stag, didn't we, Jesse? For, for That's drinks. right, we did. Afterwards. Oh. That, now, that is a pre-match, post-match a pub the, the, the level, at the level we expect when it comes to range of, range of fails. No, hang on. Are you uh, suggesting you know, to Mikko? <laughs> are you suggesting to Mikko that he should... That, are you suggesting to Mikko then that he should actually consider a third option? Uh, rather well, than I'm wondering, cherry. yeah, like, he hasn't told us what he's drinking actually, has he? He's Finnish, so I don't know. I mean, I, I love the fact that someone travels over from Finland and can't meet his mates who are all gathered in the Porson's arms because he's tied to the cherry tree because of his superstition. That's fantastic. That is a yeah, really um, good superstition, and I fully support him. I think he should stay in the cherries. He, there's this Finnish guy standing in the cherries completely on his own, and all his <laughs> mates are down the road at the Paulsons. I think that's fabulous. Well done. Oh, well, I feel like there's a separate pod just on pre-match <laughs> drinking strategy. Yes. And well, this is this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one for Mikko, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you've got. So the bunny hole is going to come into. I'm sure you're going to talk about the bunny hole at some point today, Jim. So yeah. I won't say any say any more. But they've got the guard. The cherries is great if you're coming out of Norwich Junction. It's great that you've got to muck about finding where you're going. You're straight in there. You've got the barbecue, letting off smoke in the direction you don't want it to in a, <laughs> on a hot summer day. And it's always no matter how busy the cherries is, there always seems to be a space where you can stand with a few friends. There's always a little gap. Even though it's rammed, yeah. Um, I haven't got as much Porson's match day experience as you, Jim. So you're probably the best place to talk about that. Well, I have to say, Jerry's used to be when I first started going to Palace when I was in my late teens and uh, had a season ticket in Block B. Cherry's uh, was my pub of choice purely because it was right close to the station. Um, but they Cherry's used to be used, it used to be the go to place actually, really for Palace. Lots of familiar faces in there that you'd recognise from games and from the BBS and di- quite often discos after games. And they, they seem to be do, up, doing up the outdoor area quite a lot. Now it's got, it's, it's sort of decked in sort of palace graffiti and stuff now, isn't it? It lo- looks really cool. Um, but since meeting the FYP boys, uh, then I've, I've drifted towards the Porsons, um, which is again, is a very, very palace pub, very palace pub. I just love the fact that Graham, the landlord, looks like Darren Ambrose in 20 years' time. I just, I just think, where else do you get that in a pub? Yeah. The landlord looks like an older version of one of our best ever players. Um, good. There's not, the garden's not as big. The garden's not as big as the, um, 
uh, as the cherries. Although they do have, they have made an extension bit on the right now where the pool table is. Although it turned into a hairdresser's for a little bit. I don't know yeah, it, it was weird. That, <laughs> it? Yeah. Which is interesting. So I mean, actually, actually, post-pandemic, they could make a lot of money on haircuts. Bloody right. Hairdresser, haircut and palace. Have a Brilliant. pint while you're getting your haircut. I mean, what more? No, Graham's a genius. It's my new superstition. I have to have a haircut <laughs> and a pint before every game. Um, I would say I've met Miko in the Porsons before. He's a very nice guy. So clearly okay. um, he didn't seem uncomfortable there. So, right. but I don't know. So you're, you're saying cherry tree, Richard, mm-hmm. Miko. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Porsons then because obviously I'm okay. Porsons at heart. So Jesse, the vote is with yours. And also Jesse, can I just direct you to his last line? Has the pandemic reset all superstitious routines or will, you know, has well, the but, ones carried on? Well, first of all, I, I would say, have a think about the Sherwood in Go House. Third choice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's throw that one in the mix. Uh, and even on a sunny day, even the craft brew house or the craft house, whatever it's called, the the kind of craft brewery that has drinking area outside, right, that's by the bus stop. Oh, okay, that, that's by the bus stop on the um, the road from go go up towards the clock tower, the Norwich clock tower. Turn left. Yeah. There's a independent brew house there, which is really great. It's next to a kebab shop, um, isn't it? That's good too. Yeah, has the pandemic shut? That's right. Has the pandemic restart, reset all our superstitions? I guess this is a great opportunity as any to come up with new ones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think this is this is a chance to try out some new new sort of match day routines. Yeah, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to think about switching it up. Um, I do. I do love that that old lady who makes her own scarves and hats just outside the supermarket which seems to change from co-op to summerfield to audi whatever it is now yeah, it but she's she she's smart she's she's always got a smile she has an abundance of stock i just think i feel like she's really busy throughout the week she does her research on what the opposition colors are and seems to make scarves and hats in the opposition colors each week which i think is genius and she's always got enough she's even i hope she's patented it but she's done the double bobble hat i don't know if you've seen that she's no. got red and blue no. Hats with double bubbles on them. Oh, yeah, and I, there, there's a guy that used to sit in front of me at the homestead that had one, and it became became his lucky hat. <laughs> so if anyone's looking, yeah, he used to. It was we turned up up without it once, and we lost. Oh, so uh, even on, a, and you got you've got to commit. You've got to wear them on the hot days too. Wow. So um, yeah, yeah. If anyone's looking for any superstition, seek out the the uh, lady who makes her own scarves. And hats I love that. by the supermarket in Norwich. She's she's brilliant. I'd love to see an interview with her because she's she's seen it all, been there for years. Right. Um, you still haven't answered Miko's question. <laughs> oh, oh no, you're saying goat, goat house. You're saying goat house. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying factor that into your thinking because uh, you know we we all know that a decent tipple can help take the edge off palace anxiety. And, it's uh, true. I don't know. I don't know if you're getting that at the current ranges. <laughs> so actually, what we've done is we've not answered Miko's question at all there. No, but I'm um, giving him some things to think <laughs> you about. You avoided it, like we've, any superstition. You avoid it. We've given him things to think about. <laughs> um, I love the uh, uh, scarves are interesting. We actually don't think we've had any uh, messages about scarves, but the only scarf I've bought on a match day because I've got a few palace scarves. I've like, handed down. I got one that my auntie made my dad when he was younger. I've now got it few others have been sort of given as presents 
But the only one I bought on a match day is I went to Leicester away and I miscalculated how cold it was going to be. It turned up, needed a scarf. The only one I could find was, you know, those half and half scarves that they sell Ooh, outside grounds. No, no, and it was, no, no. and he'd run out and the only one he had left was a Roy Hodgson Claude Puel half and half scarf <laughs> with their faces knitted into the scarves. <laughs> it's one of the worst things that I've ever bought, but I was so cold, I had to get it. Um, I don't know where it is. It's probably probably downstairs somewhere but yeah otherwise well, we I'm won not... didn't we obviously we won that we game. probably oh oh my word that was a, quite a big win oh my word i've got a lucky up yeah i've never yeah. worn it since well there you go next time we play leicester i can't bring myself it. to wear that to yes, wear yeah, yeah come on we'll blame you if we lose wow i've just realized yeah yeah because actually i think now is a good time to start some new routines because as jesse was talking there i was thinking yeah. about i sit with my dad in the main stand uh in the sort of players lounge bit and um it's not a it's not a superstitional routine but most match days if i get there first i will get him a cup of tea either if i'm doing press which i don't really do anymore because they sort of boot me out uh, from the press room for free um or you know pay for it from the from the counter mm. i might make that my my match day routine possibly or i don't know superstition i can't i couldn't tell you if it works or has a good record but it's quite a nice one yeah i think recalibration is the uh is the theme, isn't it? We've got to recalibrate. I might wear six or seven shirts now and touch all my mugs. It'll be fine. <laughs> We're all... give them all, yeah, touch them all yeah. at the same time. So wait, yeah. Jesse, we haven't asked you. We've, we've, we've heard about Richard's reverse routines. I haven't asked you about yours yet. Have I or have I? So for home matches, are we doing home and away? I've got home and away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> have you got different ones? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, well look, uh, my, yeah, go on. My, ne- my, ne- my next email is about the bunny hole. So um, anything about that would okay. be good as well. But you, whatever oh. you do, whatever you do. Well, I've moved house since we were allowed to go to sell her. So I really do need to come up with some new superstitions to answer Nico's question again. So I will be. So I'll let you know how I get on with that when normal service resumes. But say before pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic palace, um, living in South London I used to live in Clapham and I had anxiety about how to get to the game um, I stopped driving because I used to drive and I used to enjoy, go and visit my dad and everything but the way it, the traffic became a bit too much and I, I like going t- to the pubs and seeing everyone so trains I used to walk out the house not knowing which what I was going to do but I'd always try and leave well fed I don't like going to Palace on an empty stomach because then, then I get the anxiety about what I should eat and that just messes with, with match day too much so Sensible. try and leave well fed yeah and then I've got this then I check then I'm on the train line app looking at there's two ways from Clapham there's two ways to get to Selhurst it's London Bridge which is a bit odd but you get the tube up to London Bridge then get the 10 minute train which is un- uh, un- unbelievably the fastest way if you time it right to Norwood um, yeah so that's that's the, sp- that's the speed tactic if I've got a bit more time and I'm meandering a little bit. I'll go to Ballam, get the northern line to Ballam and jump on the overline, overland. But then, you, then you've got this dilemma about, okay, I'm at Ballam now. Do I go to the Norwich Junction to do the goat house thing? Or if, if I have time, if time is uh, the luxury, I'll get the train to Thornton Heath because I love to walk. I just love walking around the ground. To I'll actually walk from Thornton Heath to Norwich Junction to the goat house if I have the time. Wow. Taking in the ground. Because otherwise I go to the ground and I just go to Homestale and then back again. I don't get to soak up any of the main stand sort of area and, and you know, just what's going on, bumping into you guys, selling the fan scene, whatever it is. So 
I'll, I'll make my decisions based on that. But then on the way home, this is the, this is where it gets interesting. So if I go back via Bowton, you've got if depend if we've won and I've had a couple of drinks and I'm probably a bit later home than I should be. They've got a great florist at Bowton. It's always good. To, yes, I buy the wife some outside plants. the station. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a great florist. Well, if anyone yeah. needs, yeah. Uh, I've even there was a Mother's Day once where I had to get flowers plus take in a palace can. I knew I was <laughs> dicing with death, thinking I'd have flowers at five or six o'clock on the way home. I knew that that was that was causing me some trouble. So I actually paid the lady for some flowers and picked them up on the way back. Wow! So if anyone anyone has a Mother's Day slash Valentine's Day flower situation, <laughs> I recommend the lady at Ballon will let you buy them and pick up later. Um, so. Bear that in mind. So yeah, I've, I've had you know all these various hacks basically, and then if you've had a few drinks, and you you've got there's this that cheeky bit where you've get got to get off the mainland at Balham and get on the underground. There's the temptation of McDonald's there, and I have to say I've been, <laughs> it is right there. It, it's something. Yeah, sometimes it's like, do I have time on my side? I actually do need to eat something because yeah, it's been a few hours. I'm guilty. It's how, and I've actually seen other Palace fan friends of mine in there who didn't tell me they were going there. So I, I'm not the only. I'm not the only one, and I, I see you. Um, anyway, that's an average match day for me. I, I've just totally managed to talk about match day without him saying anything about the game, which tells you everything about superstitions. Yeah. Away games got one thing that we all do ever since Stoke away 2013 was it? We went up. Um, Stoke away the, the evil sash debut yeah so when Chamac Chamac scored and we thought we were going to get a result and we didn't um, ever since that day my my little band of brothers Guy Ed Nick whoever else comes with us has to get foam bananas for the car drive and we because we've been doing it since that day every time it's from Marks and Spencer's or you know those sweets a packet of foam bananas are essential for the car drive to, oh, I to the away stadium. I thought you meant like blow up bananas, like they yeah, like Man no, City used to have. Yeah, yeah. No, we're talking about sweets for the car. Oh, okay, right. Bone bananas. So yeah, I know a bit random, but that's what they should be. Some superstitions should be a bit random, and that's one of them. Have you had away games then where someone's forgotten to get the phone bananas? Yeah, and we've had to pick some up on the way. It's it's <laughs> it's essential essential gear. Yeah. Love that. You know, I, most of these superstitions, I think we've got sitting in, are, are all about home games. I hadn't even thought about away games. The only away one that I know is that uh, Kevin uh, used to not let anyone tell him the update of the score. He wouldn't listen to the radio or anything for away games. Doesn't want text messages. Doesn't want to know anything about it um, in case it jinxes it. But I don't know if he does that anymore. I feel, I feel like I texted him at one point. I think I, I ruined it. So um, that might not be a thing anymore. But um, yeah, most of these are for home games. Let's let's go back a bit to match day routines that Jesse was just saying then for home games. Obviously, people that are in the Portsons will understand about Lee exiting the bunny hole and which way to go. Kevin, obviously, is a big proprietor of turning left out the bunny hole. And if you're with him, he will force you to do so. Uh, so I would, I would say I agree with that. I'm definitely going left feels more natural than going right out of the bunny hole. I think um, going right feels like you're sort of going home. So Mark Goggins has sent us the shortest message of any listener so far for this episode. Turn left out the bunny hole. So we know that Mark is on our side of that. Lee Garrard has sent us one that's related but slightly different. He says, my uncle Terry used to take me to Palace Games as a young boy in the late 80s, early 90s. We'd walk from the Pawson's Arms and up Homestead Road, passing under the tunnel. 
If a train went over our head while passing under the tunnel, we <laughs> slash him would have to put a bet on five nil Palace. I don't know how it started, and I can't really remember if it ever came off. But still to this day, I think all five nil when passing under the the same tunnel on the way to the game. Um, and then he, he later emailed and said, "I've uh, I've also got another one. Spoken to my uncle Terry. He suggested a few others. He has a very old scarf that only in time of need." Does it get taken to the match? There we go. We've got a tick for a scarf. And we went to Villa Park. So an away game here, sort of. 4-3. When we needed a goal, he said, Bish, Bosh, into the net. And we scored. We still do use it to this day on corners and free kicks. <laughs> wow. Crikey. I love the idea of the being in the bunny hole and if a train goes over, you have to immediately put your money on 5-0. That would only work once because we've only beaten Leicester 5-0 at home in the last, well, since we've been promoted to the Premier League. So there's a lot of um, missed opportunities there. And actually, I just want to track back. I've just realised Jess's thing about buying his wife a bunch of flowers. I used to do that. If, if I went to the home game and we won, I would always buy my wife a bunch of flowers because, you know, just a little nice thing to do. And actually, she, fortunately, she doesn't listen to this podcast because I've sort of let that slip and uh, I haven't <laughs> been pulled up on it. So I'm quite pleased about that. But no, I, I definitely used to do But I, I didn't go to the lady in Ballam because I live in northwest London. So I, I do drive. So I have to wend my way back through the whole of London. And I used to pick up the dodgiest flowers, you know, the ones you get in petrol stations. Oh, rich. The smell of petrol. Oh, mate. But it was, the, it was you know, it was the thought that counts. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not, I'm not sure there is much thought going into like <laughs> no, flowers. There wasn't that really. No. I, I, feel, I feel like that's a, that's a risky strategy if you're someone that's like, like your relationship's on the rocks, but Palace don't win, so she's not getting flowers. So, so yeah. I'm sorry it didn't work out. Palace just didn't win any games. <laughs> what what can I true. do? Well, you know, we've been married for 29 years now, so it's, it's going okay. <laughs> um, bunny hole, I'm always, yeah, I do turn left, and I always, when I come back, I always go the other way. So I go left into the bunny hole. Oh. So the, uh, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I would yeah. go right in the bunny hole. I hadn't thought, I hadn't thought would about you? that. Would well, you? Go it's, the same, it's the same way. Side. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'd go left. I'd, I'd do it the other way. So Jesse, you're left out of the bunny hole, aren't you? I've not had a lot of. Well, he's not a horse's man, is he? No. Once or twice. But it's, it's, it's just not, I don't come from anywhere near that direction. So it's always a bit logical, but I've been down there to see you guys. Yeah. Um, I, but I have I think I have done that, that I think you're right it feels natural to go left because it just feels like you're weaving your way to the, the right way in that way so that, that makes complete sense to me um, but yeah not, not enough experience to test it out the other way really I think every, I'd, I'd be interested if anyone goes right actually message in if you're someone that goes right out the bunny hole and we can uh, blacklist you from listening to the podcast <laughs> um, Jesse what are your thoughts on Lee's uncle <laughs> shouting bish bosh into the net when we need a goal is that something you would consider doing because i genuinely am really on board with that uh, yeah i think the more random the better really the idea clearly is that you do it once and if it works you keep doing it right so i like to think that's where the five new came from <laughs> i like to think they did it so i mean that's got to be the criteria for a good superstition is it, it it worked once. You should keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got all sorts of weird football things that happen over the. I always used to have this thing that went back in the day where you used to watch 
final score. There wasn't really social media, and that's how you found out all the scores. Because if you missed that, then you'd have to wait till the papers came out. Um, I always had this thing where I would never, I would never look for Ross County's result. But if I did happen to to see Ross County's result, they always lost. Right. Okay. So I never, I never, I, I could never seek it out. But if I happen to see it, I'm telling you, they always lose. Try it. Well, what's what's your affiliation with Ross County by the uh, the, the matter of interest? There isn't one. It's just oh, it okay. just happened once. He just he just started to notice whenever they the newsreader or the announcer read it out, they'd always lose. Okay. Try it out. Okay. Yeah. We'll Can be. we try it out with a different random Scottish team? Or does it have to be Ross County? Well, pick your pick your pick your culprit, but it works with me. It's Ross County. Wraith Rovers, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go Inverness Caledonian Thistle. <laughs> Listen, let's move on to, um, we had one about, we talked about betting, didn't we, briefly earlier. Um, Eagle Aaron 25 says, I've got, I never bet on Palace because if I do, we lose. I always think that if I bet on the opposition, they will lose. So I bet on the opposition. Yeah, emotional insurance, we call that. Aaron, basically. I do that a lot with um, my fantasy football teams as well, and I think that's fairly standard. Um, F1NNP here, Richard, has said he pr- tries to predict the lineup at exactly 159. If it's wrong, we, we lose. If it's right, we win. That's a lot of pressure on yourself to pick 11 footballers. Jesus. I mean, you don't need the anxiety <laughs> of that. Wow, that is incredible. Um, I suppose, in a way, that's not a bad one because on reflection you know you can predict most of our lineups these days can't you mm. i mean roy is not a man for massive change so but you you'd be gutted if you just suddenly found out someone got injured and you hadn't heard about <laughs> it and that then it's all on your shoulders when we lose that, but then you just yeah. tell eagle aaron 25 and he'd bet on your position <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i agree with him by the way i would never ever ever bet on a palace game ever yeah, I'm, I'm with I, you. I just can't do it because if i put money on palace they're bound to lose and they clearly i can't put money on the opposition because that would be sac- sacrilegious uh, and that's why i would never i can't do fantasy game fantasy football because you have to involve players from other clubs and when they're playing against your club yeah. that just feels totally wrong so I'll, I'll, I won't touch it well you're a better man than me because oh. I regularly have Brighton players in my fantasy team oh. um, which is bad yeah. um, Jesse uh, what do you think on this lineup one and can I give you one more actually which is another pre-game sort of up to the minute ritual from Lee Ayres who's one of our regular listeners to the main pod he says um, if we're on a bad run I buy the programme I then keep buying the program until we go on another bad run. Then I stop. This always works to end the bad run in brackets, apart from when it doesn't. <laughs> what are your thoughts on um, that and the lineup? I don't know, really. I don't know to make of that because that would just give me some sort of like anxiety that I'd had an incomplete program collection. <laughs> just that's going to create the weirdest sort of, that all he's doing there is building up himself up a box of programs to sell on ebay in about five years <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it won't make and it won't make any sense about why he's got some and not the others <laughs> <laughs> so i don't want to send myself down down that um path sorry remind me of the lineup question exactly 
this this person tries to predict the lineup exactly at one fifty nine, oh. and if if they're <laughs> wrong, we lose, and if they're right, we win. Wow. I mean, probably worth a punt under Roy. Probably, but yeah. not, wouldn't work under Pardew so much. Uh, all the all the likes. I mean, that's that's a fun one because. I mean, I the the um, the thing about the one fifty nine sort of area that's generally around the time I could probably get to Norwood Junction, and it's a, the three G signal was patchy, especially yeah. in. Okay, that's I'm going to go against the goat here. It's got terrible connection in the goat in the goat house, <laughs> so it's right. quite difficult, quite difficult to refresh your phone and see the liner. Or Twitter doesn't seem to work around that area. So it was. People ask me if I know what the team is, and generally I'm frantically trying to reload my phone. So that, I wouldn't be able to partake in that one. I think that would, I've got to let that one go. But I like the idea of it under Broy because it sounds kind of feasible, yeah. If you were someone that did that superstition, you're a Man City fan, you'd lose every time. You'd be yeah. absolutely screwed. You'd have no chance guessing what Pep's the Pep roulette. A um, couple more shirt-related ones. Uh, Lee Ayers uh, again says, I used to have a lucky shirt in the 70s that I wore to all home games till it disintegrated with age not a palace shirt we didn't do that kind of thing then a normal shirt that just became a habit till it became a superstition we've not won a major trophy since it fell to bits coincidence <laughs> i don't think so um that's interesting having a superstitious shirt that's not a palace shirt richard that, yeah that, that is quite odd actually um i'm trying to think if i have a similar affliction um i, I, I I don't think about, you might say this is fairly obvious, I don't really think about the clothes I put on that much. So, um, fortunately, this is not um, a, a video because everyone will go, well, we can see that. Um, I, I don't pick any clothes, particularly dark socks. No, no, I don't I don't think I do that, apart from obviously avoiding any palace shirts or anything to do with palace on match day. Uh, well, here's one, Jesse, from Dan CPFC. It is clothing related, slightly different. He says, When watching in stadiums, I wear the pair of socks I wear, wore in a football aid game. My team lost spectacularly 12 1. Why is he wearing football socks to a. Um, they lost 12 yeah. 1. That, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I feel like he needs, needs to rethink his strategy there a little bit. <laughs> my, my, uh, the only thing that I think I wear consistently is the Evil Sash. It's just my favourite shirt we've ever had, really. Um, and it just seems, if it's a cold day, it's one of those shirts that sort of work. It's there's enough giving it to put over a jumper. So I know it's got the it's got the flexibility to work in any in any weather. So the the Evil Sash for me is my go to match day gear. Also, it's not overly brash so you can kind of like fit in on the way there or go to a different pub if you have to like you can wear it it's, it's sort of not look like you're out at the football for the day yeah unfortunately i went through a, when i bought the evil sash i went through a stage of wearing all my football shirts while i was quite a skinny guy so they're all in small and since having a child and being in lockdown i've put on quite a lot of weight so none of my football shirts from around there i'm a, I'm a medium to large now uh so none of them fit unfortunately so they're just gonna have to be just for decoration in my office uh which is a shame because like you i love the evil sash probably my favorite ever kit and you won't be able to get it online or on ebay anywhere because they're like gold dust now so mm. uh that serves me right for being a skinny idiot um here's one from someone, a routine as, uh, as they get to their seat in the ground, from Paul Ishmaeli, who says, I have two. The first is when I reach my seat that I've had on the Homesdale Lower for the last 17 years, 
I kiss my hand, then touch the back of the seat three times, then kiss my hand again. <laughs> Second one is I've worn the same baseball cap since, since we promoted in 2013. And if we lost it, I think we'd be relegated. Yeah, Richard, oh. two. I mean, baseball cap's right. Do not lose that baseball cap. But the, um, the touching the seat and kissing your hand, that's like footballers when they go on the pitch and sort of, yeah. make, you know, if they're religious, make the the cross or that, touch yeah. the pitch and stuff. That's a proper uh, superstition one there. I quite like that one. Um, I, I also have a thing about sitting. Because uh, I, I, I usually go with a mate of mine and usually my son. And I, will, I, I must be in the middle. I cannot be on the end. It's just, it's not possible. And I, I just have to be in the middle. So, but I like the fact, you know, you, you're kissing your hand and it, yeah, that sounds really, really odd. And I quite like that. Um, and oh, can you imagine having that baseball cap and then suddenly you lose it and you think, oh, we're down. I mean, that, the pressure, it's just unbearable. Um, yeah. So, I get the seat thing. I don't do the – one other thing I will point out is I heard this from someone else and I begin to do it now, is if I'm going driving to the game and I'm putting petrol in the car, I have to have a seven on the end of the thing. So if I get to eight, I then have to keep going. And quite often I've been there for about ten minutes, you know, my son's going, What is the hold up? I said, I've just oh no, I've missed it again. There's petrol flowing out of the car. <laughs> trying to get so <laughs> full. It's like that not the nine o'clock news sketch where they just press the button and it goes over the ten pounds or whatever it is. So anyway, th- th- there's another one to throw into the mix. Um, wow, you've got a lot, Richard, haven't you? You've got uh, yeah, a lot. I, I really, we haven't even really got into the meat of it yet. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm realising we're, we're, we are running out of time, so we'll have to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, I can't imagine that um, touching the seat and then kissing your hand is probably very COVID compliant after uh, mm. after lockdown. I certainly wouldn't trust to sell her seats to be that clean. <laughs> no. Um... I like I like the, the there's, there's a sense of commitment though there like in the same way that you said like a Suarez seems to like have this thing where he like kisses his ring finger and this that and the other like it feels it's coming from that that place isn't it this is like almost holy mm. uh, it feels like the sort of thing they do in South America in, in uh, the Bombonera it feels like he's imported that from somewhere like that but yeah I don't think I would do that so I was, well, fair play, Paul. If any, and if anyone now is sits in a home alone and sees him doing it, you'll you'll know why. Yeah. Um, one here from Jacqueline Hart. Jacqueline's one of our patrons, and she said, uh, "Hi, JD, Richard, and Jesse. So we don't mess with the Palace Omens. Our tradition is to eat chips on the wall outside the entrance to the Sainsbury's slash club shop. Uh, shown here, oh, she sent a photo. Shown here with my boys before their first and only game when we visited in 2019." Clearly, before the chips, based on their low blood sugar expressions, keep up the fun up the palace. I'm going to drop into our WhatsApp group now that photo so you can see it. And there they are outside the wall with their fish and chips. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jacqueline's right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> not looking particularly enthralled um, with the fish and chips. I did email back to say, um, did, um, did they win that game? And she hasn't replied. So I don't actually know if that routine worked but um we need to know we need to know the school we need to know if that paid off um but it's another food one related there richard another food uh superstition which i think probably quite a common one 
Yeah, food, I suppose. I I tend not to eat at the pool. If I go to the pool, I tend not to eat there. But that's mainly for sanitation You don't, you don't have one of their cheese salad rolls? No. Oh. No, I don't. Think about going. I, I I sometimes stretch to a packet of crisps, but I won't generally eat at the Paulsons. And I know usually, you know, the old barbecue at the back where Kevin's hanging around at the at the door, and sort of almost like a sort of ticket master saying, "You got a ticket for this." Um, I don't have any superstitions about food. Strangely, I won't. Uh, I certainly won't have a hot dog in the ground, but again, that's my own health rather than any other reason. Um, no, I don't have any. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit. Maybe I should start a new superstition about food. That's well, a really there good is, idea. Um, there is Jesse. Actually, if you're doing your walk from the from Thornton Heath Station to the um, to the Goat House, there is a fish and chip shop actually just down the road from Sellers on White Horse Lane that I know is very popular before match days, and I've been there a few times with my dad and my brother so i'd imagine actually the fish and chips or just getting chips or whatever before a game i think that is probably probably is a bit of a routine for quite a lot of people judging by how busy that chip shop is yeah same goes for the chip shop in north junction that's pretty good too that's um just opposite the goat house um tasty jerk of course we've got to give a tasty jerk and nod. Uh, i know that is of course that's definitely pre-match rituals uh, a favorite just judging by the queue outside um yeah, I think you're right. I think food is a big part of match day, isn't it? Because you don't you want to know when you're eating. So you sort of you lock it into your routine and I guess it's repeat after that. So and obviously it just becomes you find your favourite and you stick with it, regardless of the result. It's just something you have to stick to. So um and yeah, that's I mean we we call the burgers inside the stadium dirt burgers. We have done for years. <laughs> and sometimes sometimes you look at each other and you go. Should we get a dirt burger? Yeah, I think we probably should. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone goes to get the dirt burgers. Someone else goes to queue up for the beers, and they come together, come together beautifully. <laughs> dirt time. burgers. I'm not yeah. even sure you can. Out of those two words, I think the more genuine one is dirt. Actually, I'm not even sure you can use the word burger for. <laughs> <laughs> they are. But do you know what? But when it comes to half time, and you've been pre-match, you've had a few drinks, and it's half time. You need something. You need you need sustenance. So True. at that point, it doesn't really matter what they are um right last couple i've got a couple i've got one here from harry noak he's done a few and then i've got one from mark silverstein and he's given us 21 things that he does so i'm gonna have to <laughs> rattle through it and we'll see richard if any of them tally up with what you've okay. got left in your tank as well yeah. um and then we'll be done um so harry noak says uh he's done this in bullet point form um i always wear a palace shirt on match days try and match with the players I stand up for the whole game and I only eat at half time. When the opposition gets a free kick, I go over to the lounge wall and t- oh, this is from watch. Sorry, he said from watching from home. Okay. So, so actually, which actually makes makes this very different. So where's the match shirt? Fine, stands up for the whole game at home. Only eat <laughs> at half time. That is commitment. Yeah. When the opposition get a free kick, I go over to the lounge wall and I touch it like Guaita touches the post. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> Um, and sometimes I shout at the players like Ray Livington through the screen, and that seems to make us play better. I mean, that is fantastic. I think, Harry, those are all things that we should all be doing from yeah. home. Don't you think, Richard, during the last, hopefully the last few times we're watching during lockdown? Absolutely. I think we should all do the Ray Livington. We have to be in shorts. Yes. You know, and yeah. we have to be shouting very loudly. Um, I think that's great. I, I mean, my superstition, 
my superstitions are actually more watching games on television or listening on the radio than they are going to the match. But I have this rule that no one's allowed into the room apart from my son and myself. So my other two daughters, my wife, they're not allowed in because if they come in, they will. the opposition will always score a goal. And I, I have proof of this. I have proof of this. So they know you have proof. not to come in. The door is shut. There's no one allowed in. Even at half time, they're not allowed in. It's like you're in a VIP line lounge. It is a bit like that, yeah. And there's champagne coming on. Yeah, it's a bit like Malcolm Allison days. Um, but uh, I, I, I do uh, also. I have an issue with the listening on the radio. Actually, strangely, it's my last one that I'll, I'll reveal. Is I can't move out. Of it. If I start listening to us on the radio, I can't move from that room. So. I sometimes am really desperate for a pee, but I can't go because I can't move out of the room because as soon as I go for pee, I know we'll concede a goal. Um, and then I, I have to, there was once when I was doing it, I was in the garden and it was really, it was sort of December and it was, it was, I think it was actually a home, that, that home game against Bournemouth when Ben Teke cocked up the penalty. It's the penalty, yeah. And I remember, because I wasn't at the game and it was, pitch black and I was still in the garden and, and my wife came out and said what are you doing and that's the point when Ben Teke missed the pen I said don't do that don't talk to me during the game he said but it's bloody pitch black and you're out in the garden I said well there we go anyway so that's all mine out the way now but wow. I, you know I, I like the idea of this guy being Ray Lewington <laughs> touching the the wall when he's at home I I, I totally I'm, I'm in sync with that yeah, because Jesse, Miko was talking about superstitions being reset, but obviously people have had these superstitions and rituals while watching during lockdown. I think, I mean, Harry, I think, is the most committed that we've heard from any of our listeners, standing during the whole game, <laughs> shouting like Ray and touching the wall like Guaita. I mean, yeah. are those any things that you would consider doing in the last few games? Touching the wall is brilliant. Love that. Again, it just feels like com- commitment. It feels like this is, this is what you do to get yourself in the right mindset like Guaita. Um, just you know, it feels like it takes it very seriously. I like it. I mean, I'm guessing if you're standing up the whole game, I'd, <laughs> I'd love it if that's in the middle of the main stand where everyone's so well behaved <laughs> and it's just blocking someone's view. But I'm imagining he means the homestead. No, he means from home. No, it's oh, when, sorry, he's, sorry. when he's at home. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I missed which that is bit. even better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even better, even better. I like that. That is that is commitment, isn't it? I mean, I can be a bit like that when I'm watching a game. Sometimes I do like to stand back from the screen and feel like I've just got that distance from the pitch. <laughs> Maybe it's that. It's a bit like when you're playing computer games and your hands turn with the joypads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when you're t- playing Mario Kart, you're turning around corners because you think it gives you that extra edge. <laughs> it's about the football spectating equivalent of that, isn't it? Well, do you, do you like head and kick the ball when you're watching from home? Like managers on the touchline. Yeah, I think the best the best clips I remember for that come around the Ambrose goal at United. Do you remember? There was a load of clips that went around on Twitter of people watching at home mm. and just leaping off the sofa and just going nuts. Yeah. Um, I guess because it was a huge game at the time, Palace playing away at United wasn't happening in the league. So um it, and it was a, a night match uh, on a midweek. So that everyone was watching it on telly and filming it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. 
That was a great night. Great yes. night. Um, oh, yes. Right. Uh, I'm going to read now Mark Silverstein's epic list. Are you guys ready for these 21 superstitions? We will end on this on this episode. Um, thank you to everyone that sent us messages. In. They've been absolutely superb. Thank you for sharing your rituals and your superstitions. And I, I wonder if maybe we have given some p- listeners new ideas for rituals during lockdown. But here goes Mark Silverstein's epic superstitions list. He says, uh, my list is numerous and combines practicality with abject terror of causing us to lose if I do not follow the rules. I will take these in chronological order. The day after a match, one, I must read match reports from the BBC, Guardian and Club website. Other match reports are optional, but I must read these three. A couple of days before a match, I must read match previews on the BBC and Club website. I must also give a mention to Jack Pierce's previews that used to be on the FYP website. They were a good read. They were indeed. Number three, ideally listen to all Palace podcasts produced during the week and run up to a match. These are the FYP ones, of course, and also back of the nest preview. Uh, day of the match. Uh, a. <laughs> it's categorised as A. Home match. Four, lucky red socks. Five, replica shirt can be worn underneath another layer. Never as an outer layer. Six, wool shirt from Pendleton, a US clothing manufacturer's. In this case, other shirts are not available. I have tried other shirts with horrendous results. I have a black and tartan version of these shirts. Either are acceptable. Um, He's put an asterisk in cold weather as well. So he's also given himself cold weather options. Seven, navy blue jacket with red lining. Eight, he's got a whole outfit here, Richard. Eight, Mm. white, red and blue palace scarf. Nine, Adidas, spiritus trainers with red stripes, unless extremely cold in which replaced with Adidas St. Petersburg trainers. Ten, in warm weather, Palace branded polo shirts. Oh, so those are all his cold weather options. Warm weather, Palace branded polo shirt, either red, blue or black with lightweight blue jacket. Eleven, route to the match, not mandatory, but preferred route from Cellar Station is New Haven Road, right onto Hurlston Road, left onto Alexandra Place, and then right onto Homestale Road. Have to buy a program with the first program seller en route. Twelve, when we sat in the Whitehorse Lane end, I've had to enter by the furthest left turnstile available. Since we've moved to the Homestale, I have jettisoned this ridiculous superstition <laughs> and will enter any turnstile. Oh, good. It's good to hear that you're compromising, Mark. B, away match. Match attire, the same as the home match, with the following exceptions. 13, lucky blue socks, not lucky red socks. <laughs> Excellent. 14, red and blue striped woolen scarf. 15, Adidas St. Petersburg trainers instead of the Spiritus C9 above. C, midweek home match. 16, oh. all clothing superstitions go out the window if I'm coming straight from work. <laughs> Replace with 17, wear palace cufflinks. 18, wear red and blue tie if tie is being worn at work. 19, if cold weather, where lucky green cardigan as an extra layer. Mrs. Silverstein's superstition. Oh my God. <laughs> to his better half as well. <clears throat> 20. Lucky shirt and socks, regardless of whether she's coming to the match or not. 21. Squirt of, in quote, uh, quote mark, lucky perfume, Chanel 19. Once bought, other brands are not available. Uh, once again, sorry, other brands are not available. Over the past year or so, this has mutated into a squirt for me and my son as well. Although recently, this has not been proving effective in lockdown. Also, it is somewhat expensive superstition, so maybe scaled back. And that's it. That's the list. It's put during lockdown, all of the clothing superstitions have been scrapped. Would be a little hot wearing all that inside. I'm, of course, looking forward to going to the game again. Bring all of these superstitions back when we go to a match. Adding number 22. If I'm not at a game and cannot watch on TV and I cannot check the score, and oh, I, I cannot check the score until it, this is all over. 
Bizarrely, it is okay to get the Palace website notifications turned on, so I get goal updates. This stems from missing both the Chelsea and Arsenal wins in the spring of 2017 and getting the goal updates as we won both matches. Jesse, what do you make of Mark's epic superstition list there? It's incredible. Wow, totalitarian. I mean, <laughs> I feel like he could really help with the government's sort of lockdown messaging. I think <laughs> we'd be in no doubt what was okay and what wasn't if Mark was in charge. Um, I mean, he sounds like he's been in the Chinese army. I mean, just the attention to detail, and and he's got a, he's got a home and away strip as well, which I think is fantastic. Richard, anything from that list that you might take on board? I, I, I'm thinking maybe the the lucky perfume, something like that. Anything you might incorporate into your routine? Yeah, I, I, a nice scent would be a good idea. I mean, that's incredibly impressive. That a you've got the home match, then you've got the away match, then you've got the evening game, <laughs> then you've got the winter wear. The so I, I want to know what where's the crossover. You know, is it eight degrees, suddenly you turn into summer? It was fantastic. But the bit of it I enjoyed most was when he was saying, oh, and then I gave up the ridiculous idea of going into the further left one. He's got 21 others, and he's going, oh, I've given that up. It's silly. <laughs> it's just superb. And as someone who is a, a regular of the five-year plan quiz on the patrons, I am going to use that as the basis of a question. <laughs> Excellent. So well, I wonder, Mark is a regular for the quiz as well. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if maybe he employs superstitions for the quiz. We'll have to ask him the next quiz. Of course, you can take part of the quiz at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Seamless link there. Um, guys, that's the end of our uh, end of our superstitions. It's, it's been fantastic going through your superstitions, our listeners' superstitions. And uh, I think it's one of those things that makes us realise we're all a little bit crazy when it comes to Palace, but uh, I think we're all a bit more similar than we realise. So thank you so much for everyone that's emailed us in with your rituals and superstitions. We really appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode um, from Pardew's Hot Pants. We'll be doing another one next month, Richard. I think we're going to do the re reverse best home kit. I think we're going to go away kit next month, aren't we? Yeah. So look out for that. Hopefully that'll be... What are we now? Start of April. So uh, start of May, look out for that. Uh, and that's it. So, uh, Richard, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and I like the fact the bunny hole was uh, included. You know, normally you'd have superstitions would be about the rabbit's foot, but we've got the bunny hole, typical palace. Very good. And it is left. Do not go right out the bunny hole. Uh, and Jesse, thanks very much for joining and, and sharing your rituals. No problem. I enjoyed that, I think. Thanks to all the contributions as well. They're bordering on um, insane. And I, I like that. And I've got a lot of inspiration to take for working out my new match day routine. Once see it, we can go back to Somerset. Indeed. Hopefully it's been inspiration for many people listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we're back next week with the main podcast. Returning as Palace actually returned to action as well. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, uh, stay safe. Um, maybe you've got a new ritual to do with when Palace come back. Let us know. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.